Are you satisfied with your understanding of sustainability? If not, like me, imagine a journey together, a pluralistic one, with innovators, startup, academia, NGO, all together looking for solution to the greatest challenge of our time. I'm Samuel Ettini, and this is the Sustainability Journey. Welcome to another episode. Today, I am very pleased to have a wonderful guest, a person that has been on the Warwick family with many and working there and discussing and being also the Global Chair for the Mentoring, a program that helps a lot of students to find focus in their way. And he's also, you know, a leader in the leadership area, a coach, a mentor, and an expert in entrepreneurship. I'm very pleased to meet here Sanjit Patel. Thank you, Sanjit, for being here. Thank you for inviting me, Samuel. It's, it's an honor. Thank you, Sanjit. Sanjit, you have a wonderful career. You are involved with the business school. And then you have done a lot in the field of leadership. And you are proposing, you know, we, we will discuss today the leadership or sustainability from your experience. But before that, for our audience, I just want to ask you, who is Sanjeev? Uh, what is your background and what is your journey? Who is Sanjeev? That's a good question. I'm a citizen of the world, I think. My heritage comes from India, from a Hindu background, which I still follow today. I was born, uh, as was my mum, in Kenya. And uh, as a young child, we arrived in the UK and I've been brought up in this environment ever since. What am I? I'm an ordinary person, just like everybody else, strive to find meaning and purpose throughout the journey dealt with various challenges and used each as a basis to try and grow. You know, I've learned many lessons in life, some the hard way, and I've tried to use whatever I've picked up along the way to try and help and support others as much as I possibly can. So that's who Sanjeev is. Somebody who gets joy out of trying to share those insights to help other people's journeys. Thank you, Sanjeev, for your presentation. I think it's, it's really an humble presentation from a person that achieved so much. Knowing you, it's really also an example for people. I just want to ask you, you know, why it's so important? We are discussing the podcast, the sustainability. Why is so important in our context today? You know, people have seen COP, the COP26, all over the news over the last few months. And at times like that, it focuses people's minds and it becomes visible to us. But we need to really stand back and just take a moment to breathe and take it all in. The world that was the world in my childhood, in your childhood, and probably most of the listeners is a different place today. The speed at which we seem to be hurtling blindly towards extinction is scary. I'm saying this not just because it's for our future generations, but I'm talking about all of us today. We find ourselves constantly chasing more, bigger, better, and we're forgetting to live. So sustainability is as much about protecting the future, but also about living to your fullest today. Desensitizing yourself to the environment is what modern life has done to us. And I think cutting back the layers and just taking a moment to breathe and take it all in will help us see sustainability in a different way. Thank you, Sanjeev. Thank you for your reflection. I think it's really important. And Valve, I, I liked a lot of living the live to the fullest today. You know, it's, not, it's also for us and we detach ourselves from the world. And going, you know, you have a profound perspective, your heritage, the Hindu heritage and the teachings that I profoundly also influence you. You know, today I received an email about sustainability and religiousness. And there was also the Asian and uh, from my Yale, I think, um, university that are advertising. So I, I thought, oh, we will we'll discuss this with Sanjeev. That was a coincidence. You know, what is your perspective? And, and especially with the teaching and the culture. 
I've been fortunate that from a young age, I've been influenced by the teachings of His Holiness Brahmaswai Maharaj, who is my spiritual guru, whose hundredth year we're celebrating this year, centenary. And all of his life and his message was about seeing the world as one family. There's a term that goes by the way of Vasudeva Kutumbakam. We are all God's children. That allows us to interact with each other in a profound and deep way. That allows us to care for people who are not our blood relatives, if you like, or within our normal circles in the same way that we care for those who are, because we are truly one family. His message, life messages in the joy of others lies our own, in the progress of others rests our own. This is a, a, such a powerful compass, which so many people around the world in their millions have now used as their guide, their direction. And that stems from this belief that we are all connected spiritually. This concept that Hindus have this many gods or that many gods, I think is a, it's a misnomer, a misunderstanding, which I'd like to take the opportunity to clarify. Hinduism teaches of the one creator, Paramatma, the supreme entity. However, it also teaches us that entity pervades the whole of creation. So that means every individual, every atom, and the purpose of human life is to understand its place in the universe and use this life to connect with that supreme entity. And so we have a, a natural way of respecting and encouraging anybody who finds a connection with the creator, whether they find that through Jesus, Allah, or Ram, or Krishna, or in my case, Bhagwan Swaminarayan. We all are connected to the same entity. And so Hinduism teaches me that, and that gives me such peace and harmony, both in my life, but also I search and seek to promote that in the environments that I'm in. More about harmony rather than competition. We really are the same. Thank you, Sanjeev. I loved your message. See the world as one family. So this is also you know, the way of smaller terms, the object of the podcast, to be very diverse and show the world the different journey was one objective. You mentioned the different environment. And now, you know, you are also a leader in the business world. You are in, connected with the Warwick Business School. You are discussing your next step in leadership. So I want to ask you from your experience, what is the leadership style that is required for our unbalanced world? So we live in a world that is unbalanced. What is the leadership you can tell us to, to balance? I think leadership styles have lots of different lenses. And it's not for me to say which is right or wrong, but I can tell you and share with you what works for me. And for me, again, through the, the walking, the talk, if you like, from my Guru Pramod Swami Maharaj and his successor, Mahan Swami Maharaj today, is servant leadership. And I would also say spiritual leadership, because those two together connect the whole world. A servant leader is a type of person who looks at every single person in his care as family. So the decisions are different. The choices are different. Just as we are born in a family, we don't have a choice. We're born in a family. And our parents, despite having two or three children in the same family, realize that we're all different. They don't treat us or each one differently in a biased way. They, what they do is try to modify their approach based on the individual requirements of each child. And I think a servant leader does that. They try to create an environment where everybody feels worthwhile where everybody can grow, where you can accept setbacks, if you like. Um, some people call them mistakes, but what do, you, what do you call them when it's your children? Children learn by taking the knocks, but you create that safe environment for them to do it. You protect them from the outside. So, you know, I've seen my Guru Brahmat Swami Maharaj create some amazing things around the world that help bring communities together. But in no stage has he taken personal credit for that. He's always put it down to the people around him who have made this happen, to the blessings of his Guru, of Bhagavan Swaminarayan. And I think a servant leader with that mindset, it's underpinned by the, I think, the most difficult characteristic 
for me, for sure, is that humility, constantly being in tune with what's at play here in any situation, how much of this is ego and how much of this is you standing back and looking objectively. And having or striving for humility allows you to see the world differently. When it doesn't matter who takes the credit for something, it's amazing what can be achieved. And at the same time, I'm not saying it's, it's an easy ride because sometimes you have to take tough choices, tough decisions without having the ability to explain to the good and the great or the wider audience why you're doing certain things. But you know you're doing it driven by the right motive. And so sometimes I find myself in that place as well, where I've had to basically stand out from the crowd, I guess or get out of my comfort zone or do something which on the surface perhaps might seem different to others. But as long as I am clear that the reasons behind this is are the same motivations, then I'm at peace with that. Uh, because in life, I don't think you can please everybody. But as long as you're in tune with your values, your principles, and you're congruent with that, then that's the best you can do. And the spiritual connection is, as I said, that's where everybody's equal to me. And that's what I strive to stay to do. So perfect. So, you know, what is the, maybe the, the leadership style that we want to push forward for sustainability? I think the leadership style that resonates the most with me is the servant leader. You know, in the current day and age and the crisis that we're seeing in Ukraine at the moment, a servant leader stands out. A servant leader is something that people are inspired by. But there are certain characteristics for a servant leader that I'd like to share. I've broken it down to a servant leader heels. And for each of these letters, there's a meaning behind it, a characteristic behind it. So if we look at Zelensky as our lens, if you like, a servant leader has humility. And that is a primary foundation of, for me, any great leader. They're always willing to learn. They're always willing to listen, always humble about their achievements. A servant leader has empathy. You don't have to have experienced everything in life to have empathy. And the more empathy you have the better connections with people that you will have so he a comes after that and a servant leader has self-awareness so in this acronym of a servant leader heals a is for self-awareness it is so vital that before you try to understand the outer world you understand the inner world yourself and know your strengths know your weaknesses and be constantly trying to grow and improve H E A follows L, a servant leader listens. Listening to your people, listening to the environment helps you really tune into what's happening. So servant leaders don't have blinkers on thinking they know the best. They actually listen more than they talk. And finally, S. S is for selflessness. A servant leader puts his people or their people before themselves. So H-E-A-L-S, a servant leader heals, has humility, empathy, self-awareness, listens, and is selfless. So that's where I believe sustainability can rise, but that's the leadership style that resonates the most with me. And I've been the beneficiary of having a leader, a mentor in the form of my guru, Brahmaswami Maharaj and Mahanswami Maharaj, who have been servant leaders that I've witnessed close up for over 40 years. Perfect. Thank you, Sanjeev. Thank you for the profound reflection. And I think it's really important. It's, as you say, it's not difficult sometimes, especially in the business context, we have to make tough choices, but we have to, as you say, stand out of the crowd and make what is, you know, really also a balance with you. So it's, I think it's really important. You discussed a bit about, before also about the imbalances and all the short-termism and out our world, you know, it is also pushing us towards, I can say, a path of self-destruction. 
in a way because we are destroying our social area, we are destroying our environment and the very foundation of our life on earth. So what we can do as individuals, as people that are listening and to try to, to solve this issue? Samuel, what I think is wonderful about that question is that despite us talking about what the leaders of the world can do, actually each one of us has the power to make a massive difference. Small things within our lives that we can change, that we can choose to change, can make collectively a massive difference. Let me give you some thoughts on that. Now, I've been brought up a vegetarian as my Hindu philosophy. Cause no pain. The path of least hurt, least damage. But in this current day and age, what's refreshing for me to see is the genuine now momentum towards a plant-based diet. You can have various motivations, but from a sustainability point of view, it is proven without a shadow of a doubt now that limiting the amount of meat or going to a plant-based diet has a massive impact on global warming. And that's a personal choice that each person can have now. I don't believe there's an excuse anymore for not going to a plant-based diet because there are so many substitutes that are now being created because now big businesses realize there's money in this and they put their brains and expertise towards it. That's the direction we're all going in. It's not if you're going to go to a plant-based diet as far as I'm concerned, it's when. So flexitarian, whatever works for you, start with where you are now and move forward. The other thing I'd say, Samuel, is a brilliant benefit to all of us. So I believe plant-based diets will help with your health, but moving towards decluttering our lives can bring us peace. I remember as a child, you know, saving up for things. I remember as a child, even food, there'll be certain foods that would be a treat. But the way lives have gone, modern lives have gone, you know, the convenience has come into place so much that we stockpile things now. Now, you know, myself included, I'm in the process of decluttering. I'm standing back and looking at things and thinking, how many versions of the same thing do I need in my house? Whereas once upon a time, you bought something until it was no longer, you know, useful and it finished its useful life and then you replaced it. Now it's all about getting the latest and the newest. And what do we do with those things that are replaced? They sit and collect dust. Whereas around the world and around us in our own communities, there's people who don't have the basics. So I'm going through this process of decluttering and decluttering the outside world declutters the mind, just so I, you understand. This is my philosophy that I'm truly passionate about. That if we're surrounded by clutter, it's difficult to declutter inside. And so letting go of things is freeing. So I'm going through a process and I suggest other people to do this is look, find out what you can naturally use for yourself, your family, whoever else, anything else is excess and start by how can you distribute this? For some people, that will mean financially they need to sell it on a C2C platform. Fine, do that. But make it have some use for somebody rather than going to a dump. Secondly, and if that's possible, give it away. There are now more and more places that you can give this thing away, give your things away to, free cycle and the like, where people can benefit from something that is collecting dust, for something that is filling up our home. So freeing up that space has a triple benefit. It helps sustainability for the environment because you're not chucking in the skips and having that to be, you know, landfilled. You are potentially freeing up financial resources that are tied up in these duplicates that you have all over the house. And you can look in any cupboard in my house and I bet you I've got more than one of everything. So I can do that. And I'm sure when people listen, they can reflect back on their own environments, how it feels. So free up some cash in these difficult times. And thirdly, by selflessly giving it away to somebody, there's a joy in that. So if you can, the things you can give away, there is a joy. And I'd like to share something that through BAPS charities, each winter we do a food collection and 
a donation. And I'm going to be honest with you. I was walking around the supermarkets in the lead up to the festive period, collecting additional materials and stock from what we collected. When I found myself making these choices, I was brought to tears. Living in this day and age in a country like the UK, I was looking at what chocolate or what, sorry, biscuits would be appropriate. What would make a difference to this young child who's for them, this is a treat. Why am I even thinking about which one? I'll get the best I can for them. Not just how many can I get for this amount of money? Because people like me, who are fortunate and blessed not to have to worry about food and where the next meal is coming, never have to think about it. Yet in that moment, it crystallized to me, there are families around me where this becomes their means to eat. And, you know, whether that's providing clothes, whether that's providing food, whether it's providing support, there are ample opportunities around us where we can make a difference. So letting go of stuff is freeing for us. It frees our mind up. It gives us perspective of our lives and stops us chasing on this treadmill that we're all seem to be on. You know, don't get me wrong. I, I believe in, you know, entrepreneurship and business, but I believe in doing it in an ethical way, in a sustainable way. I'd rather people walk the talk rather than just talk it. And if that limits profits, well, that's fine. Is it, why should it always be about profit? Why shouldn't it be about creating differences in people's lives? You know, we're talking about leadership. For me, it's about making a difference in people's lives and as many people's lives as possible in whatever way you can and promoting a different way of living a different choice. And that's hard in the capitalist world that we're in. I'm not saying I, I disagree with making money, as I said, but do it in a sustainable way. You know, when you take people on, you've worked hard to take them on. So invest in them. And if they make mistakes, learn from them. Don't just discard them and try the next one. We've done that too much with the material world. Now we're trying to do that with people. And I think we need to change. Thank you, Sanjeev. I was reflecting when you were talking really the, how the consumerism really cluttered our life, our mind and our life. And, and then it really, I like your letting go stuff can free your mind, your perspective. And, you know, you start stopping on this treadmill that you say of continuous and balance, continuous using materials. And it also, as I say, be very good for the sustainability. We reduce waste, we put the recycle and really also help our mind to free up our mind and think about the social aspect. I recall also your general support that you did last year during the COVID crisis for India. I mean, it was you cycle. I mean, I don't know if you want to share a bit of a note that you have done a wonderful job there really supporting is a great example. Sure, I'm happy to share that uh, journey. So having suffered pretty severely from COVID myself at the start of the pandemic back in March, April 2020, I experienced it firsthand in as bad as it can get. I was in an ICU ward and I lost my father. But having fought through that, I wanted to do what I could from, you know, from there on to make more of a difference, spend more of my time doing good rather than less. And when the second wave suddenly hit India back in spring, I think last year, 2021, I was in a conversation with somebody from BAPS locally and they said, oh, do you know anybody who has a gym or who can lend us some bikes? And I said, well, this is intriguing. Why do you ask? And that whole conversation started. This is a one week conversation from zero to two activity. And he said, well, we're thinking of doing a cycle of fun, but because of the lockdown, we're thinking of doing it static. I thought, fantastic idea. Let's make this happen. I had no idea how we'd make it happen, but I knew it was a great idea. So I, along with, I'm sure many of my you know, fellow volunteers at BAPS just said, right, we're just going to shout about it in our circles and let's make this happen. For me, I was so fortunate that Andy Lockett, the dean of the business school, um, picked up on what I'd done, uh, what I was talking about doing. And he 
did a lovely message uh, from the business school saying, look, many of you have come across Sanjeev. You know what he's about. You know, been through this, but he wants to ask for your support in whichever way possible to raise money towards buying oxygen and equipment for, for India because it's in a really tough place. And this just took off. The pouring out of messages and support in every way from across the globe, Samuel, from people I'd never met. And I hope I get a chance to thank each of them personally one day. But sure, I was going through long COVID myself. But for me, I knew that whatever I was going to do in doing the cyclothon, 7,600 kilometers, we set a challenge over 48 hours. I got through 246 of those. Now, it took a lot out, but I knew that I had a chance to recover. Whereas those people at the sharp end of this didn't have a choice. And together we raised in a week, almost three quarters of a million pounds. You know, a few hundred, what started as a few dozen turned up in a few hundred cyclists in three centers around the UK in the Neeson Temple, Chigwell, and the BAPS Temple in Leicester. And the pouring out of support from, like I said, every direction. I was on Radio 5 Live, on Sky. People were donating to the Just Giving page because, again, people see people. At the end of the day, it goes back to my earlier message. Vasudeva Kutumbakam, the world is one family. And those moments of crisis in our world is when the real us, the real human beings come out because then it's not you're different. Then it's, we're the same, and I feel for you. And they just, you know, everybody went crazy in terms of support, and I'm so thankful and blessed to have been part of that. I just, I'm so lucky that I could do whatever I could do, along with all those other volunteers. Thank you, Sanjeev, for sharing this experience. I, it was, I remember you cycling, seeing you from here in Kenya, and seeing the challenge that you've done, and, and the real, the great work. And, and as you say, in the moment of difficulties is where, you know, the humanity comes out and then there is this sort of togetherness that we are all together in one family for, for the better good, you know. And I hope now that this momentum continue, like also to solve the issues of, for our planet and really give to the future generation to ourselves a better and more equal and just planet, I can say. Maybe, Sanjeev, you have given us a lot of wisdom and insights and a lot of food for thought. This is a fully packed episode that I, I'm sure people will need to unpack and try also to, to journal it and how we can even better our behavior. I want to ask, you know, for a last message for the audience and for the people that are listening to us. My message to everybody, we can all make a difference. The benefit of making a difference um, by decluttering by making different choices is not only for the planet and the future generations, it's for the people around us, it's for us. Remember, decluttering our lives declutters our minds. Decluttering our homes helps us find that peace in our minds. Helping others in whichever way we can is a way of giving back to ourselves. There's a joy in that. And so I think we've got to think globally, but genuinely act locally. Small changes, rather than look for one big campaign, make small changes and you'll see the benefit for yourself and the whole environment around us will change as well. And keep a kind heart in whoever you deal with day to day. Everybody's best part has come out during these last two years, but the way of nature and our lives are, we soon forget these things. Treat everybody as a member of your extended family. Vasudeva Kutumbukam, the world is one family. And in my Guru Brahma Swami words, in the joy of others lies our own. So remember that, try it and let me know how you get on. Thank you, Sanjeev. Thank you so much for your insights and really your great sharings. I mean, I'm really, I'm still also myself learning and trying to, to really 
understand all your your concept because it's really so important also for me. I, I could see already how I can improve my journey. I'm really humbled to where the US a guest and really I'm grateful for your help. Thank you so much Sanjeev for being here. I said I've been thankful and grateful that you've invited me and you're doing a great job. Thank you. Thank you Sanjeev. Are you satisfied after this wonderful episode? Let's continue together our sustainability journey.